Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rendition Pod, where three lovely ladies like to talk about uh, different versions of stories, books, movies, uh, comic books, all kinds of fanfare. Uh, One turned into the other, like, you know, candy corn from corn. Anyway, uh, so today we're going to be talking about Children of Men. Uh, it's a book by P.D. James. It's a movie directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, it's it's some hefty stuff. It's pretty it's pretty great and uh, maybe a little topical. Who knows? Um, so, starting us off, Judith, how'd you feel about the movie? Uh, one of my favorites, for sure. Uh, I think I saw it when it came out in two thousand six. So I would have been uh, like fourteen years old. Mm. Um, We've, we've, we've done a lot of movies, I feel like, from our formative film <laughs> watching years, I feel like. Mm, a trend. Uh, great movie. Yeah. Uh, so Alfonso Cuaron has a screenplay credit for the movie, but Clive Owen also collaborated on it. Mm-hmm. There's really no official screenwriter, so they put it together like five or six people. Michael Caine also contributed to a uh, very interesting film. And very topical, and you know the this the, this movie has a has a has I think several messages, and it, it it tells a lot. It's like very politically loaded, um, and like I mentioned to Elise in the car on the way over here, I want to say that just because there are some cops that punch some Nazis at the Capitol Hill riot mm-hmm. does not mean mm-hmm. we stop saying a cab. Yes. All right. Anyway. Uh, and there are a lot of bad cops in this movie. Uh, there are a lot of bad activists in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the only decent characters in the movie are Theo and Key, the last pregnant woman yeah. on Earth. Her uh, name's Key. Her name's literally Key. Yeah, Key. It's, it's yeah. K E E. But yeah, you yeah. get, you get mm-hmm. it. You get the you get the joke. Yeah, and she's an immigrant. I'm glad, of, to, see, I'm glad to see that the movie is no less subtle than the book in that regard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I think the the movie is the movie is very subtle. I know when we talked about Prisoner of Azkaban, I mentioned sort of Quaron's fixation with the background, mm-hmm. right? But this is used to sort of I think complete effect. In Children of Men, right? Because there's uh, this ongoing immigrant cri- immigrant crisis. Uh, there's like this nebulous radiation in plague problem in the rest of the world. So mm-hmm. England has become the last place mm-hmm. in the world that anyone wants to go, which is perhaps the only thing about this movie that has become less true as time <laughs> has gone on, because mm-hmm. literally any other place in mm-hmm. the world is be- is looking more habitable than than England about now. Goodness, and that's also like a strain in fiction that I've noticed. Like twenty eight uh, twenty eight weeks later, yeah. the twenty eight days later sequel. Yeah. Like England is like the last. Uh, right. right. Maybe that just seems strange to me because we're Americans and it's. Well, yeah, seems weird to imagine it's, uh, that it's not the UK would be the last place. But I guess, I guess, to the people in the UK, that has meaning. Are right? there? Do you, you think know? there's a bunch of movies where, like, the US is the last inhabitable country? I don't think we really have that lens a lot of the time. Normally, it seems. Well, I like, feel like in a lot of apocalyptic films that are, yeah, you know, like from the West, like there's sort of the assumption that everything else is destroyed. Right, right. So U- it's that, like, oh you know, no, your home. America is, is like the least destroyed part. Yeah, right, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, you've uh, got your, you've got your mad, you've got your Mad Max, which is like your, oh, your Australian dystopia. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So this definitely sits well in the like canon of like apocalyptic films, mm-hmm. um, but it feels extremely, it's gotten more relevant as it goes on, which is something people say about movies a lot, but I feel like it might be yeah. the most true of children of men. I mean, he wakes up, he's on his way to get coffee. He hears about a terrorist attack on TV. Uh, somebody killed the last 
young person mm-hmm. alive. The youngest person in the world was just murdered in a riot. Born in 2009, uh, if that gives you any perspective, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then he is the victim of a terrorist attack on his way to work. And then he still just goes to work. You know, no one, you know. Hey, well, th- there's a scene where he has to tell his boss, like, hey, like, I, uh, I think there's like some ringing in my ears from the car bomb yeah. that went off earlier i'm, I'm gonna oh, go home i thought for the it was day, the baby right? diego thing he was like nope wait, what oh, yeah, wait no it's the baby diego yeah, thing that, yeah he uses yeah. it as an uh-huh. excuse rather yeah. than explaining that he was uh just like, a victim of a yeah of a like a car bombing or something like that yeah uh my favorite what, thing what is his what is his job in the movie uh, he's he, kind of like a bureaucrat. He doesn't. He yeah. works for one of the like specialized ministries, which is like an ode to 1984. Um, like okay. uh, it doesn't. I think it specifies, uh, but I can't remember specifically which one. And I think that's kind of the point. Um, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of weird nods to different like dystopian uh, kind of reordering uh, of things. There's like um, what the fuck? What uh, you get. 1984 you get oh there's (laughs) uh let's see actually never mind i lost okay yeah yeah uh so theo ferron is played by clive owen he's Mm -hmm. like kind of this dumpy frumpy bureaucrat uh he used to be a real activist used to be a real bulldog the movie alludes heavily right um he hangs out with uh his drug dealer michael (laughs) kane and his uh like comatose wife Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are kind of just like waxing about the good old days. The society is falling apart. And of course, I feel like Children of Men is like fairly ubiquitous and like also, the culture and especially people who like movies. I feel like people know about it pretty well. But, yeah. you know, uh, no one's had a baby in mm-hmm. 18 years now, mm-hmm. you know, and society is falling apart because of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ostensibly because of population imbalances, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this like age pyramid. Right. Right. Um, and there's radiation and plague scouring the planet. There's this immigration crisis in Britain. There's uh, there's a, there's a lot going on. There's like a police state's been declared. Uh, it's just a to- it's just a total mess, really. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I did think like the addition of the Jasper character, Michael Caine, was really interesting because he's a political cartoonist and like you know he's got a great sense of humor and he's just you know very irreverent. Um, and like he's not in the book. Like he's not. Uh, Jasper's in the book. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Uh, but he, like, but he's not. A, he's not like a super. He's kind of alluded to, mm-hmm. and yeah. then like, he's a source of a few, like, of a literal like Chekhov gun, and yeah. that's kind of yeah. The it. He's not the same kind of support system that Theo has in the movie, which is really like really interesting. It makes it more heartbreaking later mm-hmm. uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. Yeah, uh, and then. So they get mixed up with, uh, so his Theo's ex-wife, Julian, is the leader of this group called the Fishes, which is like an immigrants' right group. Um, why a white English woman is the head of a, of a revolutionary militant group mm. suing for the rights of immigrants in this movie, I think, mm-hmm. would require, have, would require have, some, when, yeah, yeah, would require some examination. When have, white, when have white women ever inserted themselves over the voices of people of color? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> well, she's, well, she's sort of, the movie kind of, posits her as like the like she was the good leader and then uh you say is three white women anyway yeah continue. yeah and then uh mm. luke uh <laughs> luke who's played by uh chuetel a geo four uh i love him plots to assassinate her and he takes over and he's kind of like a he's he, he's he, he's only a villain in that he's like more militant and he wants to achieve he wants like some political power for the fishes so he's going to use this uh pregnant woman and her child to achieve that he is like going to assassinate 
Julian and Theo. Which I think uh, that role is kind of like parallel to Rolf in the book. You know, yeah, like, I yeah. think that's who that's supposed to be, which I think was an interesting kind of like change up between like angry, just, uh, you know, dude that was uh, his wife cheated on him and finally got pregnant uh, and is the Virgin Mary versus uh, this dude that's trying to, you know, uh, move forward a political agenda. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Theo and Key wind up on the run from the immigration police mm -hmm. and then also the fishes. Uh it gets really claustrophobic and really crazy. Everyone's trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. They wind up in this uh, like immigrant tent city yeah. where a war breaks out between the fishes and the government. Mm -hmm. um, it's about to be airstriked, and she delivers the baby here, mm -hmm. yeah. and then they escape mm -hmm. on a boat yeah. to the... The Human Project? Yes. The, the yeah, yeah, project, the, yeah, the Human Project, mm -hmm. who are, like, on this, like, uh, ship called Tomorrow, and they're apparently cracking the code to but, the infertility issue. Yeah, but he definitely, uh, I feel like Quran definitely did that whole, like, giver thing where you don't know if that's actually them or not. Like, you're you're kind of left to assume that uh, it, might, it might be, might not be. They might just die right there. Who knows? Who fucking knows? But... You never know. Yeah, yeah. So the big thing about the movie is like infertility. Mm -hmm. I guess the film is sort of like, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just just uh, just about infertility, and then like the shadow of infertility, it, which is it's which is like uh, a different scope on a dystopian kind of ideal. Uh, what I thought was really interesting was the movie um, has women being infertile, like they are like the root, versus the book, which is uh, the sperm are useless. Like that's, that's the whole point there. But, um, I don't know, like, it's really, okay. So uh, the book is interesting to me because like you get the perspective of Theo. He's not nearly as grounded as he is in the movie. Like he's, he's this very like, uh, fucking disenchanted, privileged, uh, professor. Yeah, he's kind of a little piss baby. He's sort yeah, of miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, I hated yeah, book Theo early yeah, on. I was terrible. like, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, is this just the author purposefully writing this horrible character that I'm supposed to hate? And then he like changes and grows. And like, right. I guess he kind of does. Kind of, kind of. Uh, but like, and it's, uh, it, but like all the female characters are just like, ne like very negligible, like in the book. They're, well, they're, all, just, they're just vessels for Theo's journey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, versus the movie where you get like Julianne Moore, uh, who has the same name as the like, uh, mm -hmm. the pregnant woman in the book, but like she's, you know, a powerhouse. She's competent, uh, which is what he was looking for when he cast Julianne Moore. Uh, you get Key, who is feisty and just trying to survive. You get like, you know, and I don't know. I, also, the thing that pissed... Okay, you know what? I'm going to leave this one for Ashley because I'm pretty sure she's going to mention it. Yeah, she's going to mention it. Anyway. Okay, so uh, there's a few things that the movie decides to adapt from the book and also leave behind from the book. And then there are also elements from the book itself that I thought got a weird amount of emphasis. You know, P.D. James was sort of getting older at this point and mm -hmm. she had been through, she'd seen England change a lot. Oh, P.D. James is a badass. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And right. the, the, uh, the quietus in the book is like way more of an, like way more of a focal point, like yeah. sort of these like, pagan maypole rituals of older people killing themselves because you know the, the world is falling apart and right they, i did you know, like the way he it's, adapted it's going to be that or like yeah. the police are going to come for them and murder them so right, you yeah, know uh, yeah. it's, it's this or that yeah. uh which kind of gets like put in the 
in the background of the movie. Right. But more as like a corporate like uh, suicide versus like a big ceremony kind of thing, which I thought yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah, which is interesting because yeah. that's like if there's infertility is the heart of the story, then the shadow of infertility is kind of this uh, voluntary Mm-hmm. suicide yeah. sort of thing. But the, 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 the movie posits it as sort of like a yeah. like a choice that capitalism gives you, right? You know, is, mm-hmm. is, is any decision you make under the conditions created by neoliberal capitalism really voluntary, you know? And I feel like that's side of, sort of how it's used in the movie. But right, um, right. like, for instance, like Jasper and his wife mm-hmm. in the movie are Theo's parents. Like yeah. they never, they're never explained to be like his mother and father, right, but right. like that relationship between parent and child yeah. because of the infertility crisis has been completely obscured. Yeah. There's no more, um, mm-hmm. organic, genuine human like, interaction. Like all of all the typical family, yeah. which is kind of, yeah, cool. which is nice. Yeah. But all like the typical, like biological molds have been completely removed because, mm. you know, all of that has been destroyed by radiation and plague and, you know, ostensibly whatever crisis, you know, yeah led England to where it is now. Right. Which I think is really interesting because the first few times I watched the movie, I was like, oh yeah, Jasper is just like an old colleague or friend. But then when you, when you watch it again, you're like, oh, this is his father. Clearly like, you yeah, know, like yeah, you but, see but the like, family yeah. photos on the wall. You yeah. see the, yeah. yeah and yeah. like no one in this world has been born because you know, there are there, you know, mm-hmm. it's that, that's the whole point of the movie is there right. like, there's really no life or death. There's no individual. There's also like no collective anymore. There's just nothing. There are just like, which is really subjects of the state, right? That that is like mm-hmm. such an unmooring for people. Like, you know, because you get the elements of like, uh, there's a disconnect between what sex is anymore. Like you, there's a disconnect between what family is anymore. And like, I thought, so I thought that was one thing that was really un- I, like, you know, it's easy, I suppose, like picking apart someone's world building from the outside. Mm-hmm. But that was one thing in the book that really bothered me or not bothered me, but I thought was like not a believable conclusion is this idea that people like stopped having passionate, pleasurable sex. I'm like, first of all, if you're living in a world <laughs> where sex no longer results in pregnancy, like orgies, every no day. way, no <laughs> way is that how people are going to treat sex. And like, if anyone wants to commit suicide anyway, no one's going to wrap it up anymore. They're going to be like, fuck it. I'll get an STD. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. But I think, uh, I think that's actually a fairly true to life observation though. Mm. I mean, in like in Japan right now, they're enjoying like a relatively high standard of living, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, like the like rates of depression and suicide are up. And although they like sort of are surrounded by ostensibly like a well-meaning state and they Mm. have, you know, kind of all the excesses that that, like that extractive capitalism provides them, but like, like like the number of people, like that want to have sex in, in Japan are going down and they, they've wound up with this like, hmm. uh, like lopsided population structure. Right. So there are like way too many old people for the amount of young people in Japan. Mm-hmm. So like, w- sure. where's the infertility crisis coming from? And it's because like, I don't know, being like, you know, having every part of your life and like every part of your personality, like needed needing to be, uh, you know, like the economy needing to have access to every single part of you is like really alienating and really well, disenfranchising also, think, uh, and that'll kill your uh, libido, you know, a big like work life balance issue also. But. Yeah, that's too. I mean, that, that's also issue. That's also an issue in France right now too. Mm-hmm. And I mean the, you know, uh, we're, 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 at, we're at a situation where a lot of people are like, I can't have children because I have all this like student loan debt, you know, how you right. right? You know, yeah. and so people are saying that, you know, and that does have an effect, you know, pe- I mean, sure people are no, still yeah, talking, like but, cost of childcare, yeah, cost yeah. of leading the workforce for a while, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So I actually thought that was like a interesting inclusion in the book, especially like in 1992. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like kind of a slick yeah. inclusion there. But, uh, I think I like, I like that Quaron took that 
mm-hmm. from the book and kind of inverted it because in in no way would a global infertility crisis ever get blamed on men in the real world mm-hmm. like and i <laughs> you know and i kind of, i think if you've read the book and you know that it gets like blamed on like the loss of sperm motility in yeah. men in the book yeah. and then you watch the movie and it's like being blamed on women becoming infertile yeah, you yeah, wonder yeah. like you like, you're watching yeah, the movie yeah, and you're yeah. skeptical you're like do we really believe this as is this an underdetermined cause here maybe so okay. quick, quick, yeah. uh, quick sidebar to that. Yeah. Um, I actually recently learned that statistically men are more likely to be infertile and weirdly under some insurance plans, all the fertility testing for women is covered, but all the men's is considered like out of pocket because it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. So that is very true to what <laughs> mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. That's okay. interesting. I also, did not know that. Also a very interesting aside, if a cisgender person wants to take um, some sort of fertility enhancing hormone mm-hmm. for whatever reason if a cis man is experiencing low t or a, a woman is experiencing a drop in mm-hmm. estrogen for any reason mm-hmm. there are the same hormones that trans people take available to them mm-hmm. with no gatekeeping procedure you can roll into mm-hmm. your doctor's office and just say doc i'm feeling a little not myself mm-hmm. uh, can i get some can you put me on some hormones right and the mm-hmm. doctor will prescribe you uh you know mm-hmm. uh just Automatically, yeah, yeah, as a matter of course, you know, but if you're a trans person and if you're like, you know, um, the, the, the dysphoria has me to the point where I'm going to walk into traffic, I would really like to medically transition. You need to, to get a letter from a physician. You need to get a letter from a psychologist. You need mm-hmm. to answer all these invasive questions. You need to fill out all these informed consent forms. You often have to wait weeks to even get an appointment for your doctor to tell you, I prescribed the medication to you. You can mm-hmm. go to the pharmacist. Anyways, sorry. I just wanted to. No, it's okay. To bring that up. All yeah. right. Uh, meta, uh, the, uh, the medical care of yeah. the also, I feel like there's a, uh, Yeah. Also, there's a lot about like uh, gender in this movie too, but oh, I don't yeah. think we no, can even totally get into is, that because that's like, it, it's really deeply un- coded. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's unavoidable. I mean, it's about birth which is yeah. like a whole fucking thing yeah but, but um, f- like from a standpoint of adaptation mm-hmm. the, the movie does a lot of interesting things like what it decides to take and leave and what it like zooms in on and mm-hmm. what it you know kind yeah. of singles out in the movie is really interesting yeah. and there's also a little bit of this like storytelling mm-hmm. in the movie too yeah. because yeah. uh theo we learn about the story of the death of theo's child yeah. From him. Yeah. But he's not telling the story. He's listening to other people talk about it. Right. Right. And so much of the movie is told to you listening to conversations that someone is overhearing. Yeah. Or that someone isn't even paying attention to. Well, that's the which, thing is like Theo mm-hmm. is only in or he's only not in one scene of the book. Exactly. Or yeah. the movie. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and so like all of this is just coming through secondhand and like. Yeah. Like so Quran took this really like kind of like terrible book character and made him the vehicle that we needed to be able to like get through the story and then like to give you like like something to root for by the end of it Mm -hmm. uh because yeah you know he rises to the occasion but i did like the quran like added in like a, a lot of like really interesting threads uh to kind of build this weave there was um that painting uh, in his cousin, his despot cousin. Okay, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to yeah. talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, yeah his cousin is like the is like some g- big government bigwig, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, he's and he's got this. He's he's got Guernica, the Picasso painting mm-hmm. of a which 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 is like an adaptation of photographs of a war crime. Right. Right. So like yeah. literally every scene in this movie includes the commission of a war crime. Pretty much. There's like immigrants being brutalized in the background of every scene mm-hmm. there's that like the opening scene theo walking away from the coffee shop the mm-hmm. coffee shop explodes right and then in the background of this one scene that should be ostensibly placid mm-hmm. he's atop this tower in this dining room yeah but he's you know they're they're in the shadow of 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 guernica right yeah yeah 
Guernica being uh, the bombing of Guernica by General Francisco Franco uh, in the Spanish Civil War. So like uh, it like and it's this very stark painting. It's mostly like white, but you've got these contrast colors. And it, look it up, look it up, folks. Um, but and then you've also got like when uh, Miriam gets taken to uh, like taken off the bus and taken to the concentration camp yeah. or the camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hear in the background the music is. Um, uh, what what was written over the gates in the concentration camps? Work will set you free. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the choir singing that. Oh Lord! Yeah, oh, I missed yeah. that. It's, oh, wow, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is what you find when you look at uh, uh, trivia. Um, also, one more fun little hidden thing that he put in there. Um, there is a scene. Uh, the music that's playing when you find out about his child, uh, Theo's child, is. Um, it's it's German uh, and it's uh, by Gustav Müller and it's uh, these poems by Frederick Rockbert Rockbert sorry if I'm mispronouncing that uh, the, the <laughs> pretty po- sure you are <laughs> probably probably but uh, it's these poems written by this man uh, who lost his child uh, to scarlet fever so it's like so layered and so like nuanced and uh, I really I really dig that about that director like. He also, like, sorry, I, I got really excited about this when I read it. Um, he created a, spe- like, he invented a special rig for that scene where they're driving down the country road and, like, you get, the, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, they had to, like, flip it and it had to be driven by a stunt driver to get, like, the ins and outs. And, like, the, the windshield was, like, pulled up enough that the camera could come in and out of it. And, like, it was it was some bananas shit. So like, I don't know. I feel like Quran really uh, knows what he's doing and the craftsmanship is really amazing. But, but yeah. Yeah. And for, for like a, for a story that is like, takes basically place over the course of 24 hours, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Um, it really is kind of like told in like a series of vignettes, like mm-hmm. uh, the Pam Ferris character, uh, Miriam. Yeah, yeah. Like basically explains the beginning of the infertility crisis and adds some yeah. like real world flavor to that by talking mm-hmm. about how, midwives suddenly had no appointments on their books after a certain number yep. of months. Right. And it just right. kind of like slowly crept up on everyone. Yeah. Um, and like the story about his like child and then like listening to Sid, the immigrant, yeah. the, uh, the, the immigration cop mm-hmm. kind of talk about the world and his place in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very, um, it's, it, it's a movie based on a book that is just a series of, kind of interconnected stories all about the right, which destruction I think of society. is like uh, like kind of a reference to these amazing world building blocks that were put into place and like it's really and he him Ashley you'll appreciate this. Quran is quoted as saying uh, he hates exposition uh, movie like uh, movie creation. Like he hates <laughs> when uh, like a plot or a world building is overly explained. He uh, like yeah. was it he said something along the lines of uh, it's uh, it's the last haven for lazy readers. Um, and so he's like, no, I'm going to, we're going to tell it little bit by little bit, which is, uh, that takes skill. So that's certainly the, um, that's certainly the, mm-hmm. uh, that's the ethos of this podcast for yeah. sure. I think, I think we, we, we bring, we bring that up every time we, yeah. we hate, we hate exposition here. <laughs> we despise exposition. And also I would just like to say like this, I think in my mind, mm-hmm. children of men, the book and the movie yeah. were sort of like the reason I was excited to be involved yeah, doing this yeah. too, because it's like such a great example like the page to the screen is like so interesting like it's just a very right uh like the, the movie is very I aware wish, of itself as a book and you know yeah yeah, yeah. i wish i would have gotten the movie assignment this time yeah. uh for sure <laughs> i haven't i actually haven't seen this movie and uh of course you hear about it 
quite a bit, and now I'm kind of regretting not having seen it yet. Oh, oh buddy. you gotta watch it. We'll just yeah. watch it tonight. Super yeah. Good. Like, uh, speaking of, darling, uh, what was your mm-hmm. what was your take on the book? Where are we at? Whoo. Well, what did I what did I say to you last night? I was like, <laughs> oh, it was quotable. It was fucking quote. Do you want me to quote you? I like my 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 summary of CEO is I'm not gay, but let me tell you how much I hate women and how sexy my cousin is. They're like <laughs> 300 uh, pages. Oh no. Yeah, Ew. it's um it's, a, it's a flavor. It's a flavor. Um, CEO is a whole ass something. I would I'm gonna say a whole ass mood, but that's like the it's like the opposite. Um, it I liked the book. I liked the world building. I just kind of didn't, you know, me in first person perspective. It's not my favorite. And then it's and then it does this, the weird thing where some chapters are told in the diary and some chapters are told from outside kind of Theo's perspective outside the diaries, um, but still like kind of letting you into his worldview and I didn't really understand that need for a shift in perspective mm-hmm. so I guess like I kind of get like later when he throws the diary away it's like uh right yeah symbolic like, of throwing away that old version of himself okay so maybe I kind of do get it now also a, a man like that does not keep a diary <laughs> well, well, isn't <laughs> well that he does like explain a it but it's like yeah. a government a government suggestion that people keep diaries and that's why he's doing it 1984. Because we have to, because Theo has to tell us his every single motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing can be left to chance. Nah. But the world building is really good. Um, I was a little thrown because, like, now having finished it, all I can think is like, that was a really long-winded way to retell like the biblical story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his birth. Yeah. It's such like everything in the second half is just allegory after allegory mm-hmm. and I'd almost got like I was like what's going to be next a manger oh wait there is <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah well I mean P.D. James is an Anglican conservative uh, like it's it's very ingrained but um, wait did it, wait did a Tory write this book did a Tory write the book that Children of Men is based off of uh, I, I think so she sits in the House of Lords uh, as a conservative um, but, okay definitely yeah. a pedophile <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Well, actually, like, I'm not saying that, but I, I am saying there's a lot of emphasis placed on how certain characters, like one character, it really cracked me up. The way it was described, because it was like basically saying, oh, this is Theo's mentor, but you know, like not that kind of way. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it always makes this point to go out of its, like the book constantly is going out of its way to like explain the relationship between men and be like, mm-hmm. but it wasn't gay. That seems like a very English thing to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But. <laughs> and it's so contemptuous of women. Um, even like when you do finally meet quote unquote strong female characters, yeah. like I said earlier, they're all just vessels for Theo's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that really turned me off early on is the description of a woman with like a baby doll in a pram and how like horrified and, and Theo thinks this is like it's horrifying and it's dumb and yeah. it's ugly and stupid. And it's like one, yeah, I could see that being a viable, that's like good world building. Like I could see that being a thing people would do in this mm-hmm. world. 
But I also think that PD is not accounting for how crazy pet culture would get in this society. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, like pet culture, like, we would be spending all our money on stupid things for pets yeah. in that kind of society. Oh, I, the, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the English might even stop eating horses in this. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, they even Spitting do chris- they even do christenings for uh, in the book, right? Like they do christenings. Right? For oh my god! Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. man, that's so good. Yeah. Also, I feel like I feel like our commentary on Harry Potter mm-hmm. and this book, like, mm-hmm. is the, is the podcast taking like a mm-hmm. anti? Anglican. <laughs> I hope not. Are we? Are we? I hope are we gonna, not. Are we going to come across as like really loathsome of the English people? <laughs> English listeners, I apologize. We do not. Uh, anyway, so um, um yeah, no, uh, but you know, it's uh, ultimately, I did, I enjoyed the story. I just didn't care for Theo. I no. also super didn't care for like his relationship with Julian. No, I mean it's just classic, like older man younger woman but like all the worst parts of that trope yeah yeah like he only likes her because she's like she's she's not super smart like which really kind of sucks uh she's also like she's having a she's the virgin mary like she's the oh she's fertile she's young she's like pliable like it's it's kind of it's kind of not i guess like the first introduction is also like really speaks to some of the aspects like some of the misogynistic aspects I didn't like because the first thing we learn about her is that she sat in on one of his classes. Oh yeah. Cause in the book, he's like a history teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. And he constantly is reminding you of that <laughs> as a historian, Theo looked at the world like this. We're like, yeah, okay, we get it. <laughs> uh, but the first time we meet her or rather he meets her is she's telling off a bunch of women for idolizing the wrong character in portrait of a lady, essentially. Like she's, she's very hard. Not like other girls when you first meet her. And then she like that entire character just drops off. Yeah. Uh, the minute she's pregnant and on the run. Right. Right. Which is, yeah. Which is not, uh, not great commentary PD. Not great. Not great Phyllis. But, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ashley, how did you mm. feel about Theo's backstory versus uh, versus the movie? Um, well, having having heard about uh, Theo, who has a drug dealer in the movie, versus mm-hmm. history professor in love with his cousin, but hashtag not that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He just. I mean, he is. He's a total just like little privileged nonce boy. And it's. I love how like when they're comparing him to Zan, it'll be like. I was super smart. It's just that Zan was a genius and like, I'm super good looking. It's just that like Zan's handsome, like a Greek God. (laughs) Oh yeah. Zan, Zan is a much bigger. Oh yeah. God. There's this like really tired, like a Remus Romulus thing between Zan Mm -hmm. and Theo. Mm -hmm. God, that was so, that was so tired in the, and then like the extra cinematic, like, Q strings uh, mm-hmm. death scene for Zan in the book was yeah. was was super bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I did just confirm, so I can say this now. Uh-huh. P. D. James, yeah, she was a conservative in the House of Lords. Yeah. like she got and she got that position the year before she wrote this book. Yeah, which I think what? is which adds any which adds another layer mm-hmm. that there was a conservative woman sitting in the House of Lords that was like, oh, the worst thing ever, world with no more children in it. Wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't that be the worst? <laughs> let me tell you about my let me, male Tory colleagues. Let me tell you, Prince about Andrew, imagine. This there's no children in the world. 
Let me tell you about P.D. James real quick. Is so, this a pedophile novel? No. Uh, so P.D. James, uh, born in 1940, uh, she had to quit school at 16 because her father did not believe in women getting higher education. Uh, Neither to, does she. Mm, and to go work. Uh, she ended up working in healthcare, in administration, uh, and then married a man that went off to World War II. Uh, he came back with severe uh, mental illnesses uh, and was institutionalized because of that trauma. Uh, she raised her two daughters and then went on to uh, further her career in that. Uh, but in like the 70s, she started writing mystery novels. Uh, and because of that recognition, that's how she got the spot in the House of Lords, which is really interesting to me. Uh, but I don't know. Like, she's... She's an interesting character. Like, she brings a lot of, she does bring a lot of, like, her religious, like, allegory to the book, uh, which I think is really interesting. Like, yeah, Ashley, right, like, almost, like, it's all, it's all there. It's all there. I mean, you've got, like, Luke's, de well, first of all, you have every character's name. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, like, once I realized it, I was like, oh, this author is definitely the kind of pedantic person who each character's name has some symbolic meaning. So I looked them all up. Right. Like, of course, Miriam who's like the midwife character kind of like that's like the biblical name for Mary. So yeah. that one's like check easy. We've got Luke, all, mm -hmm. you know, check who like sacrifices himself mm -hmm. uh, and kind of like sets into action. The third arc of the, of the novel when they're like on the run and after Walt, like Rolf, Rolf is Judas. Like everything is just like allegory, 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 right, right. <laughs> especially that last third. And you mm -hmm. basically have, um, you know, you basically have, uh, Theo ends up in kind of the role of Joseph by the end. Although Theo's name is Greek, uh, Theo found foundered whatever his last name is. Like I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. His uh, his name means God of Lighthouses. But it can also uh, there's also I'm pretty sure. Well, you know what? Scratch that from the record. Anyway, my fast <laughs> my fast Google foo also told me that his uh, name can mean like God given. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I get the lighthouse thing because it, you know at the end of the movie they're like yeah. looking for this buoy, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think that I which what a the inciting incident mm -hmm. that created the world in the book. Mm -hmm. I feel like is probably very different in Petey James's mind than oh. the inciting incidences that we are led to believe created. Oh, in the movie. The yeah. conditions in the movie. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, feel like probably, but it's left ambiguous. So like he was able, yeah. he it, like he was given the rope to be able to do that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Although the biggest fucking difference that I really appreciate Alfonso Cuaron for like doing and making Theo at least a more likable character is uh, the death of his child. So in the movie, you've got... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah, in the movie, he uh, the poor kid dies of the flu, like a very severe flu uh, pandemic. And then in the book, like a, Theo, like a COVID one might. Say. Oh, my God. Uh, Theo runs his daughter over in an and then blames his wife. And exactly, then blames yes. his wife. Like, is he's it, like, is it, is it, is it, yeah. Watching it, I she said if I let her have it, she would take care of it. Like, and then he talks about how his daughter was ugly and how he didn't even truly love her. And I'm like, Theo, I yeah cannot stand no. any part of you. No, you no. had better change at least a little by the end of this book. Which yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, doesn't. the the movie gets described as like bleak a lot, but compared to the book, it's 
yeah, really kind of rosy, yeah, honestly, as I far mean, as its view of human nature goes. I, it's got at least a little bit more of an optimism spin on it there. But, uh, but uh, you know, and like the fact that he, he blames his wife and then he gets shitty with her for, you know, the dissolution of their marriage and how she goes off. Oh, and, yeah. He and, also has this really gross line where like mm-hmm. it's after they've moved into a new house and they sleep in different rooms. Mm-hmm. It like talks about how he's like, Occasionally, I would creep the few feet between our rooms. She neither accepted nor declined me. And I'm like, ew, Theo, you raped your wife. You're super gross. Yeah, he's he's really nasty in the in in yeah. the book. I feel like the book version of Theo would have been played by like uh, Riss Iffins or like Iggy Pop. Oh goodness! But, okay, uh, you know, <laughs> oh. they 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 made him a character that Clive Owen could play oh, for the yeah. for the movie. I do love me some yeah. Clive Owen. He's pretty yeah good. Uh, yeah. And the, the the movie is ultimately pretty hopeful and has a fairly I think mm. rosy outlook on human nature. You know, there's a. Right. Uh, I did like the prose in the book though. Like I did like the way that she wrote. Like it was uh it was a little floral sometimes, but it really. I don't know. Well, you know, unlike some other conservative English writers who can write tens of thousands of pages of Harry Potter and not get any fucking better at writing mm, than they were at the beginning. You know. P.D. James, at least, you know, wrote like 40 novels. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I remember especially like the Maypole elder suicide scenes yeah. being yeah. Mm-hmm. like really chilling and well written. Yeah. And also the scene in the book where they're... Uh, there's like a, there's there's another group. There's like the fishes, and then there are these like psychos that run around with pig masks in the. That's the, in the uh, book. those are the Omega kids. Oh yeah, yeah, Omega. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that the, that scene oh, in the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, I mean, yeah. The, the description of the Omegas really cracked me up because it was just like youth culture bad. Young people don't care about anything. Zoomers. <laughs> Yeah, zoomers, am I right? That's a that that that's a very uh, Tory take on on young people. They just have different priorities. Doesn't mm. mean they don't care about anything. Mm, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And then you get like this all comes together toward the end. Although I did like that Miriam got uh, like I didn't like the way that Miriam died off screen in the book. Like I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like Miriam actually stuck around and then you give her like this ending, really? And then like this all accumulates into this uh like showdown between him and his uh cousin and then like and, and it it almost I don't know. It's weird to me that the ultimate bad guy, the despot, the person that is running this country suddenly ends up on a beach with his cousin shot with a gun. Like that's it. Really and then he just puts the ring on and they're all like, ah, you okay, are the one. I guess. That's, that, this guy's that, that's, all, that's all very English. That's I very much how I feel like oh, things work. The layered in, in symbolism. England. I don't know. But. Yeah. There were there were some lines in the book though that kind of like it kind of broke my heart a little bit. There was like um okay, so Theo sucks, yeah, bottom line. But uh when he's talking about uh the dissolution of his marriage and he's like, uh the disappoint uh like the dissolution of a marriage is the um the disappointment of flesh, uh, the, these walls that we built with such hope are, uh, have now become a prison and things. And I was like, damn, damn, uh, some damn PD you've been there. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's sad. Uh, but, uh, and it, uh, the ending, Ashley, how'd you feel about that ending? How'd you feel about it? I, I would say much like you, as much as I'm making jokes, I really enjoyed the prose. I did enjoy this book, even Mm. though Theo sucks. (laughs) Uh, The ending, I kind of thought was a little heavy handed, but it was a good ending. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I especially thought like the the child being baptized with blood and tears was like a oh, little yeah. on the nose. Oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, yeah, I mean, just kind of that whole journey of like, like Theo being a, like a selfish, godless person to, and like it never really explicitly in the book like says what caused people to stop being fertile. Oh, and God. it's kind of implied that the only people who are are like faithful people. So I kind of thought that was like, mm, you know, like this, a little weird taste in my mouth. But mm, okay, especially since like uh, like parlors being taken off the internet and Donald Trump has been banned from Twitter. R.I.P. May he, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so people are talking about people are talking people are interpreting 1984 and bad faith again mm-hmm. a lot all yeah. over the internet yeah. and everything right yeah, yeah, and yeah, I feel yeah. like was this was this was P D James doing a little bit of that with the book was there sort of a I mean there you know, are references yeah and, you know we can't really ask okay. her if she's dead but um but know. I would say some of the like some of the actual like political things that she brings up aren't like government good anarchist bad like. She definitely has this idea, even in the book. I mean, you said the movie kind of goes into this. Like, she has, like, some criticisms of, like, harsh immigration policies that, like, essentially they'll allow immigrants in and use up the best years of their life and then send them back and deny them citizenship. And, like, she's critical of those kind of ideas. And, again, like we were talking about earlier, like, the treatment of the elderly um, Mm -hmm. in a a late-stage capitalistic society. Mm -hmm. she definitely has, even though, like, maybe, yeah, heavy-handed with the biblical references and, and kind of, you know, the go-to-God message, like, I don't think it's written without a sense of criticism of institutions and people in positions of power. Yeah. Like, even at the end, when Theo takes power, Juliet says to him, like, that ring wasn't made for you. And he refuses to take it off and says it's mm-hmm. just going to be for a while. But there is kind of this, like dark implication that power is going to corrupt him as well right uh so, so now we're just waiting she's on not, the sequel. she's not she's not a bad writer i guess no 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 <laughs> no i actually uh, enjoyed con- some of her stuff like uh, i was introduced to her uh, i'm a big pride and prejudice fan um and uh, she did a spinoff, a mystery spinoff called uh, death comes to pemberley which was actually really well written and like i like I don't know. I dug it a lot. Um, it, it was uh, it was definitely service, but it was well crafted service. So uh, like her prose is interesting. I thought that like a lot of the stuff she tried to introduce were obviously influenced by some of her beliefs, but but the way she looked at the world that was come uh, that she saw as coming together was like she had some worries and she was like trying to stretch them out and she had worries on all sides. It wasn't entirely biased, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Like, and there's a reason that that's, uh, that this was made into such a well-crafted relevant movie. It's like, it had bones. It had good bones, uh, to make good stock. But, uh, but yes, uh, that is my, uh, obligatory Russian accent when I start to ramble anyway. So, um, my loves. Uh, final comments. Yeah, okay. So, like, the analysis of power in the in the movie is, I think, a little more genuine because it talks about kind of, like, dispossession, right? Like, the dispossession of, of immigrants from their, own, from their own bodies, you know, mm-hmm. of people from their own ability to mm-hmm. reproduce or really be human, even. Um, and, the, you know, she's 
an African immigrant key in the in the book, you know. Yeah. So she and she's 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 the one that has a baby. You know, the mm-hmm. the the people that are bringing the change about in this movie aren't um, concerned, disaffected English bureaucrats, but you know, key this like lively teenager basically i think she's supposed to be like 18 or 19, 19 in yeah. the book yeah mm-hmm. which was which is refreshing um I, I yeah i love this and especially to talk about here because it gives me like shadow of the vampire vibes you know yeah uh no no just like in the way that just in the way that's that it's that's put together because yeah. this is yeah, like yeah. a like what okay so the 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 book is a bad attempted retelling of the birth of Christ story. Right. 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 You know, which is a, which is, so it's a story about a story and then it gets made into a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is very interesting, which is like mm-hmm. kind of the same deal with shadow mm-hmm. of the vampire, which is another like mm-hmm. kind of very, um, corn to corn syrup to yes. candy corn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're really sticking with that analogy. I get at least is really sticking <laughs> with that analogy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I saw it the other day and it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, yeah. no, and, I, I know. I know what's me. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And okay, also like Quran's, uh, kind of, obligation to not do too much exposition really works in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it that's what makes it age so well mm-hmm. because now that we're here and yeah. we're seeing like a heightening yeah, of the it's contradictions all over like the world. This yeah, year. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Set, set in 2027. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the like politics is completely falling apart and there are just like police states. Mm-hmm. There are there's an immigration crisis, there's mm-hmm. an environmental crisis. Mm-hmm. You can't breathe or be outside most of the time. There's radiation and plague all over the world, you mm-hmm. know. Uh yeah, I think it's uh, but it, but it's it's it it's has a good prognosis right. eventually, you know right, that that right. we will, that will be that will be okay. So hopefully. like movie Theo, we've got to plunder through our lives and try to find purpose and uh, try to make at least small sections better. Yeah. 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 Ashley, darling. Uh, final thoughts. Yes. Uh, I've read a lot of allegories in my day, and this was one of them. Uh, no, I did. I thought it was a. I thought it was good world building. I thought it was beautifully told. Um, didn't care for Theo much, but I think the author uh, created something really, really nice. It was a really enjoyable experience. Um, I'm probably going to listen to it again. Uh, yeah, not in such a hurry this time because I, I did enjoy the story and uh, I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, it, but um, I don't think it's. I don't think that it. I am glad that in the movie adaptation, um, they took some liberties and didn't just do a one-to-one translation because it sounds like it's not the kind of story that would have, I think, lent itself to, yeah. a, like, a film narrative the same way it reads as a book. Right, right. Uh, allegory translated to film is usually a little rough, um, but, but yeah. All right. Well. Thanks, guys. Uh, this has been a real good time. Uh, we'll uh, see. Love talking to y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah love. What are we, wait, what are we going to do next week? Oh, I don't know. Stay tuned. Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.